his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% you. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. But that God has raised up an army of God. His remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan. And that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven. So that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you. And I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. Right here we are. Um, here we are on Friday. We are Friday of Word Worship. Friday, August 11th. Welcome, guys. I'm trying to get centered here. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> now this new software. It's fun. Fun to. Now I'm swimming in an ocean. It looks like right there. I'm doing my <laughs> my my, my uh, breaststroke. But anyway, guys, we are just all excited to have you here. Um, we're going to be digging in to Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. What's that really mean? And uh, what did he teach during that moment? Uh, what are some uh, other things when uh, Judas about ready to betray him? All in John chapter 13. So we're going to be going to John chapter 13 if you want to follow along. I'll be showing it on the screen here shortly. Uh, my partner, Crime Gus, is having uh, having rebooting pro problems. So we'll we'll see if we can get him here. We've delayed the start for a little bit to... So, so Gus will be joining us hopefully here soon. But with that, we're going to jump into some music, right? Really getting our hearts right with the Lord in a worshiping, uh, praise-oriented uh, mindset. I think we learn better when we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? And so that's what we're going to try to do right now is really invite the Lord's presence to come into us and all of us as a group as we continue to just... Uh, dishonor him all right that's that's what this is all about so that's what i'm gonna do right now is move into this uh anybody that wants to turn your cameras on let me know i can i'm displaying four people with cameras that can worship with me i know and that's the only one that has it on now but we are gonna move over to that and we're gonna start with Waymaker, right so 
this is a beautiful song. I just love this. It's all about uh, moving some things around here so that Linda will come on the screen there too. She turned her camera on. Thank you, Linda. You are your waymaker, miracle worker. But Jesus looked at them and said, with a man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Out of Matthew 19:26, It says, you are here moving in our midst. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Your spirit dwells. 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us that, right? By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good, deposit, trusted, entrusted to you. 2 Timothy 1.14 clearly shows us that when we are worshiping him, we're really with him. Wow, that Holy Spirit just resides there. He's always with you, but uh, really concentrating and worshiping just enheightens that. And you can just really feel the Holy Spirit within you. You are here working in this place. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. John 5, and then Promise Keeper, fully convinced that God was able to do what He had promised in Romans 4.21. He's a Promise Keeper. He's our way maker. He's our miracle worker. He's moving in our midst. He's working in this place. Is that not exciting? Let's worship Him right now to the beautiful song called Waymaker.
not. You know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you. Is that not just truth? <laughs> that is right. So we're going to continue to just worship a little bit. I'm hoping that uh, um, Gus will be able to join us here shortly. And otherwise, we'll all uh, be teaching out of John 13 alone. Hopefully with Gus and John 13. You are my everlasting God. But the Lord is the true God, the living God, everlasting King. Right out of Jeremiah 10.10. 10. The Lord reigns forever and ever. Exodus 15.18. This song also gets into talking about strength. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to wait on the Lord. We've been waiting on him to take this cabal down for a while, right? But we see it happening. It's just, it's just in his timing. It's going to be his perfect timing. Ephesians 6, 16 says, To be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Again, just like we talked about in the last song. It's your inner being. Holy Spirit in there. Be strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. That's what we need to do. We need to have joy as we have in patience, as the vengeance and the justice of God is going to fall here shortly. It says, our hope, our strong deliverer, our and comforter in need. So Isaiah 26 says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Isaiah 26, 4. And Diane, if you want to, we'd love to have you read the next one. He says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Is that not beautiful that he binds up our wounds? Jeremiah 31.3 says also, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So he has this everlasting love. Our strength will rise as we wait upon him. He's our hope. He's our strong deliverer. He's our everlasting God. Let's worship.
Lord forever, for the Lord of God is an everlasting rock. Hearted and binds up their wounds. you with an everlasting love is that just not a beautiful well, I'm gonna do one more song as we hope uh, Gus will be able to make it here shortly and we're gonna get to the Holy Spirit now uh, I don't know if uh, die if you wouldn't mind reading if you're available this is a beautiful song about the Holy Spirit she may be away from her computer yep. right now yeah sure go ahead Holy Spirit you're welcome here Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Revelation 22, verse 17a. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Philippians 3, 8a. Nothing can compare. You are our living hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. Jer from Jeremiah 29:11. Your presence, Lord. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Psalm 51:11. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Psalms 34, 8a. Thank you, Di. Invite him in, the Holy Spirit. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope 
that beautiful all right we're gonna be uh, having Gus come here shortly I'm gonna adjust one thing here because I don't like how that is uh, cutting me off have me a little big here but at least it doesn't cut me off um, so I can use my body language a little bit more <laughs> so we're I'm having fun playing with the new software as you can tell so uh, pray for Gus. He's just have as had to reboot his computer, and uh, his computer. Uh, we need to get a new computer in the ministry for him. <laughs> but with that, we're just going to start going into a teaching on um, Jesus washing the feet of, of the disciples. Right. So um, this is chapter 13 of the book of John. So you can follow along with me in your own Bible if you'd like. But uh, we're looking at the ESV version here. I know Gus studies uh, the KJV, so we kind of get a different. Uh, take on it as cool to, to, to be able to uh, teach with Gus because he's got such deep knowledge. Um, but let's, let's, let's dig into this. It's now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come. Ouch, can you imagine that? So he knew his hour had come. And so when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to, into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, remember they've been with him for multiple years here, probably three plus years, right? And this is the first time he's done this. So he laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Can you imagine? And her shock when her going, oh no, this is the Lord of the universe. This is the Messiah. And you're, you're going to do what? So he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing to you, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If, you do, if I do not wash your feet, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Surprise, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. So these first 11 verses are packed with a bunch of meaning if you really dig into it. So now before the feast of the Passover, remember Jesus was our Passover lamb. If you just look at this, it's just so fulfilling of Old Testament prophecies all the time, right? A Passover lamb talks about having loved his own were in the world. He loved them to the end. And uh, it's really, really, he came for the Jewish people. You know, that's who God chose. He loves the Jewish people. He still loves the Jewish people. But what happened when the Messiah came? Well, we know 
uh, from John 1, 11, when we studied the first, first book when we were in it, it says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. So obviously there's Messianic Jews now that are completed Jews, many people call themselves, uh, but uh, that, that loved the Lord, which is awesome. And there was, there was many, many Jews, but as a whole, all the leaders, all the leadership, the church leaders all rejected him, right? And the majority of them followed, unfortunately, those leaders and they rejected their own Messiah. Is that not so sad who they were looking at after the whole time? During supper, when the devil had already put in his heart of Judas, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. And so I'm going to back up because it looks like Gus got his uh, stuff working. So we, we did a couple of extra songs, Gus, to make sure that uh, so if you uh, if you start talking, you I think you'll come on the screen. <laughs> me, 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 me. Uh, there me, you me, go. me. All right. Thanks for thanks for being here. <laughs> so uh, we are we this is this is Gus, the, the partner in crime. So we're just digging into the first four verses, uh, Gus. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about anything that I that, that we I just talked about I was just talking about how the Passover lamb um, the fact that his own people rejected him um, the Passover lamb the very Messiah in John 1 11 we talked about that he came to his own his own people did not receive him anything about these uh, first two or three verses you want to emphasize uh, let's see now before the Passover feast when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Yeah, we know I I, I kind of fell in the last second here listening to the scriptures you were saying, and it's true, he did. You know, a lot of people, I think, misconceive that the Bible's a Jewish book but it's for the whole world right from the beginning because the promise made to Abraham was he's the father of all nations. It was just that Jesus chose Abraham and it was his family that was Jewish that delivered the oracles and he came to deliver them to the Jews first when they refused it's to our good because then he offered it to the Gentiles, all part of his plan. So I think when he talks about uh, having loved his own, I think it's perhaps the ones that loved him. I, I guess they were all Jews, um, but some of the people that were healed were not. Um, so it was yeah. the ones who received him, I would say. Uh, during the supper when the devil had already put into his heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to obey him, Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God. Yeah, one thing I think is strange. Well, I guess we can go a little bit further before I mention this point. But it's there during the supper when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the father had given him all things into his hand that he had come from God and was going back to God. I thought that was a little further in. Yeah, what's but, interesting um, about what's interesting about this part right here that I love is that you know, he, you know the devil can't do anything unless God allows it, right? We know that 
very clearly, especially in the book okay. of Job, where he where he had to go ask for permission to be attacking anybody of his own, right? Or really do anything. He has to be allowed by the God. God can stop almost anything. But so he allowed the devil to get in the heart of Judas Iscariot. And so the devil's going, yes, I've got him, right? And it ends up backfiring on him with the resurrection, <laughs> the, the, the death and resurrection of Christ, right? So it just, it just shows his, his foreknowledge is so big, right? His foreknowledge of what the, the Lord has. And even, even he was giving foreknowledge to Jesus here on earth when he had to depend on the Father completely, but he heard the Father's voice all the time. So he, was, he knew that, that, this, that, that he was going to the cross. He knew that he was going to go suffer in a, in a deep, deep way. Obviously, the, God, the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's sweating blood, right? But, he, but God had foreknowledge, and he also gave Jesus foreknowledge. Right, yeah. So he knew the whole plan, and he knew that there was going to be a, a, a betrayer, because if you think about it, without it was foretold that there would be someone that would that would eat bread with him and betray him. So it had to happen. Mm -hmm. I often wonder what if you were born Judas Iscariot, but that goes into well, God's in the beginning and the end. Does he know that? Did he know that Judas would choose to betray him at that point, or did Judas just have to play a role so that we could all get saved? Because Jesus had to be betrayed, so we go to the cross. It's one of those things that goes around and around and around. But we know God had a perfect plan, and that was part of the plan. So. And that's he can harden people's heart, and so he's got, uh, that's a whole predestination versus election right. discussion of which one's true, and I always say both. <laughs> God has foreknowledge. Yeah. He knows who's going to choose him, who's not going to choose him, and uh, he actually can also harden people's hearts, which probably he did here, and allowed the devil to come into him. There's other, other, a lot of other examples of foreknowledge that Jesus showed, right? Um and and I guess I'll get. I was look. I was planning on getting that later, but it's really, it's really interesting. These last three things. It says, and and now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. That's coming up in John fourteen twenty nine next next chapter. Right? She's clearly showing again. We see his foreknowledge in in chapter thirteen. His foreknowledge in chapter fourteen. We, we're going to see it again in chapter sixteen. I said all these things to keep you from falling away. So he's, he's, he knows, knows that he's got to do this. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, right? So he's really shown that he had foreknowledge here. And then even later in chapter 16, he says, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each one to his own home. And I will leave me, and he's, so he's telling you exactly what's going to happen, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me, you may have peace. This is one of my favorite memory verses right here, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, some, some uh, versions say. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Right? What a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. What a beautiful thing. But it just shows you he has foreknowledge. Jesus had it here on earth even though he was a man having to depend on the Father to tell him what's going on. I thought that was just interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it boils down to the same principle that I always cite is uh, Amos 3, 7. It says, surely God does nothing without revealing it first through his servants, the prophets. So he tells us a thing, and then that thing happens so that we know that's God. 
and the same thing's going on today with things with our prophets they're telling us things before it comes to pass and comforting yes. us to know that god's in control so he's saying in me you have peace who's me the word of god in the word of god if we can just trust and believe in it we have peace because he's already he already won well he's about to win in this story right here when he goes to the cross and goes through all he does and resurrects and then ascends to the father and sends us the holy spirit so now we can do those things yes amen 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 then obviously it's, it's which is amazing is that he laid out his outer guard his outer garden and taking a towel tied it around his waist then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with his towel that was wrapped around him Remember, they've been with him three and a half years. That would be quite a shocking circumstance. What do you think, Gus? <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know. When I first read this, I thought this was after dinner. But I guess this during supper. So they they haven't eaten yet. Right? I was thinking, why would he wash their feet after dinner? Why wouldn't he do it before is my thought. But I said, I don't know. Yeah, because the tradition, the tradition actually is they wash their feet um, once they come to the place, right? So it's 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 like uh, after a walk, right? You've been walking in this culture where everybody was in sandals, walking in the dirt, and you you would wash your feet way rounding, before dinner, rounding right? your bodies. Like yeah, <laughs> exactly. <that>. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing we know. It's very healthy that we don't do today, right? We're in rubber and we uh, never take our shoes Isolated. off. <laughs> and it's yeah. very unhealthy when you take your shoes off. That's why it's a very healthy habit, by the way. It changed me. I always wanted my shoes on. I thought it was so stupid when people would say, take your shoes off when you're coming to the house. It's actually healthy because it grounds you, especially when you're walking outside on stone or natural stuff and you're actually in the sun. That's extremely healthy, right? So that culture was yes. locked up. <laughs> Amen. So just these few verses here, I'll tell you what, what images I saw, what sparked in me was he laid aside his outer garments mm -hmm. and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. And immediately it triggered in my heart and my spirit the belt of truth that's wrapped mm -hmm. around our loins. This is the word of God right here, and the spirit of God is within him. So he's saturating that towel that he's going to clean their feet with, with the spirit and the word, his anointing, and he's about to wash their feet with it. I got the two sprinkles to say it. <laughs> and then I he poured, water, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, what I thought there, I saw like the disciples as that basin and his spirit and his word are like water. So he's pouring his spirit into them and then he's washing their feet and and then uh with the towel that he had wrapped around him he's drying them off or wiping them off or cleaning them with the belt it's of pretty, truth i like it <laughs> pretty interesting i like so, that i like that so yeah. I, and i do think that you know because the tradition was to wash your feet when you were traveling a long way and since he did this looked like after supper or during supper right that it, this this was a lesson Right, that he was trying to give his his disciples. It wasn't, hey, wash your feet before dinner. Like, you know, wash your hands before yeah. dinner. Right. This was more, hey, understand what I'm doing here. This is significant. I haven't done this for th the, the entire three and a half years. You will understand. You may not understand now, but you're going to understand, right? He's doing just what we were saying before. He's planting seeds. He knows what's going to happen, but he's planting seeds so that they'll look back and remember. 
Because as even as you read the Word of God and you're putting it in you, you might not understand it all at first. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you get all the pieces in, in you, the Holy Spirit will assemble and you'll begin to see these images and draw of wisdom and knowledge out of the Word. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amen. So anyway, let me read on there. Yeah, this he is came, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do not wash my feet. Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand. Now afterward, you will understand. That's what you were just saying. Mm -hmm. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. It's like the word, Jesus, who is the word from the beginning, it's like we got to, the Holy Spirit of the Father draws us. There's a scripture that says, no man comes to me, Jesus said, lest my Father draw him. Mm -hmm. So sometime in your life, and it's probably may have happened multiple times already, I'm talking to everybody within the sound of my voice, to where something compelled you to check out the Bible, read the Word. And that something was the Holy Spirit of the Father drawing you to the Word. Now all you gotta do is read the Gospel, receive it and believe it and that seed will plant and you'll be growing that mustard tree that big old tree that grows up with the limbs where everything lodges in the limbs, you know so long as you continue in his word um and what's interesting here too for me is uh when it when they he says what i am doing you do not understand now but afterwards you will understand Right, it gets down to just several times there's misunderstandings of what Jesus is doing that people pulled together after his obviously crucifixion and resurrection. And you'll see that in multiple places in, in the Bible right here. We see in John 6:52, which we covered uh, about a month back, it says the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They didn't understand that. And now we know that as a and how important those symbols are uh, as he's the bread of life. Right, he's a, he's a he's a living water. His blood covers our sins. Right, all those all those deeper meanings we know now, uh, but the Jews didn't understand it. And then later we see uh, twelve sixteen here. His disciples did not understand these things. This is what we're reading right now at first. But when he when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written. Well, this is this is uh, chapter twelve, word thirteen. So this is last week. Um, so you can see his disciples did not understand these things at first but when jesus was glorified they remembered that these things had happened had been written about him and had been done to him so that's a key part you said planting seeds uh, we talk about that doing that with your friends and family this is exactly what jesus did he was planting the seeds for understanding um, what he was really here for amen i think that you know he said i I speak those things I hear my father say, and I do those things I see my father do. He's talking about in his spirit, he hears his father's voice, he just follows it. So the father is saying these things, and he's just the father that, well, he's the word of the father, the Alpha, the Omega, so he knows the beginning from the end, and uh, he's just, he knows He's, he's kind of gently waking them up or sobering their minds to the truth. Just like what's going on right now with this movement that we have where many slumber and are not aware of what's going on because they don't have the revelation of God to see it. But if you can see it, 
be blessed because it's the Holy Spirit of God that's giving you that revelation. Amen. Yeah, but then we get into this last part. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet but only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. So any thoughts on the, this, Gus? Well, of course, not to every one of you is a reference to Judas that he knew would betray him. But it's a strange saying to say that uh, he who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean my thoughts there in the spirit i see that and and i had this uh, beautiful meme that i had created one time and we talked about it rick but i couldn't find it um and what it was was this this the kingdoms of the world as described to the dream that nebuchadnezzar had with the gold head and then he had what the uh bronze torso and and down and 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 then you think of the body of christ so the world's kingdom starts at the top where it was back when nebuchadnezzar was here and it go, it goes down it's a descending kingdom and it ends at the feet it's over you got nowhere else to go whereas when we come to christ the ground is level at the cross because it's not based on our merit it's not based on our works it's not a competition between us. It's the fact that he knew without his spirit in us and a circumcised heart to receive his word, it was impossible for us to obey the, the law that was outlined in the Old Testament. The law was there to define holiness and how, what we'd have to do to get close to God. But now he took all those oracles away from us when he died on that cross. And the, the beauty of it is it was written in God's word from the beginning. And that's why when you get in the word, you, you see these things, it's like your faith builds more and more and more and more. And you know that book is divine. But the kingdom of God, if you picture the body of Christ, we all enter at his feet because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And then as we mature through the renewing of our minds through the word, we kind of ascend, so to speak, or mature up into his body. And before you know it, we're his hands, we're doing things, or we're his ears, we're listening, or we're, we're in, and it's ascending. We're ascending toward the head, toward heaven. It's, it's going up, where the kingdom of the world's going down. You get in Christ, and once you enter his feet, you're clean. Why? Because you received the gospel, you heard it, and you received and believed it and you're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You may have some demon critters in you. You may have some issues that he's gonna work out in you because his yoke is easy. That's one of those things they put on the oxen to drive them. You know, his yoke is easy and his burden's light. He's gonna work with you on your own individual basis very slowly and, and cultivate you and sooner or later uh he says be holy even as i am holy so it's just trusting in his blood and his sacrifice that's why i think uh he just need to wash our feet and then once we're in the body think of the ones who have matured to say pastor one of the five-fold ministries you know the teacher the evangelist the pastor or whatever 
what is uh, those things that are least in the kingdom are more loved on or more taken care of. We're more considered the ones that are entering into the body. We bestow much more love on and care. Be so, servants, be servant leaders. I like, I like that parallel of what you've done there. One thing that's extremely clear as we dig into this part. Oop, sorry, I lost Gus there. Which is 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 the fact that that he's talking about symbolically, right? This is not not like, hey, you have to wash literally your uh, other people's feet, but figuratively we do, right? We need to be Amen. serving, serving each other. And you can see that um, this whole thing about purification, right? He's, he's showing that. He's saying, he's saying, and you are clean, right? If what? If basically Jesus touches you with his righteousness, he's touching you with that belt of truth, right? He's touching you with his living water. That's how you become clean. And uh, mm -hmm. but, but those who, with the wrong heart that really don't believe in Jesus, what happened? Not every one of you, Judas Iscariot, was not clean, right? So, so symbolically, as we serve others, that's the key, guys. I tell you, ministries fall apart all the time because they are the people become selfish and they want notoriety, and 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 the these servant leaders behind the scenes are the ones that are so key to ministries and are so key, and God just loves that. Uh, the parallel is the body of Christ and the liver and the heart, you can't see it at all, right? You can't not, you can't see the stomach, you can't see the digestive system, the gut health is so important, right? Yet, yet the, the, the pastor who's speaking like we are now, we're not nearly as important because you, you can, you can uh, live without a finger or a hand, you can live without an ear, but you cannot live without a liver, right? You cannot live without a heart or, or the digestive system. So um, it's just important that we do not, all is equal as the foot of the cross, you were talking about that. And that's the way ministry should be too. The the, the, the janitor and the, and the and the person greeting people at the door are every bit as important as the as the head pastor or uh, some apostle or some prophet, right? So uh, keep that in mind as you guys uh, serve in the ministry. Yeah. Um, I've got so many things exploding in my mind <laughs> while you're talking, but uh, first of all, the loin cloth. You know, I've always thought that the loins are where our procreative power is, both physically. Like a man and a woman it's where we make babies you know the exchange and we reproduce but also spiritually because he says up from your belly will flow rivers of living water so it's the seed of your strength and it's the word and that's why he says put on the belt of truth wrap his word and his spirit around your loins and um he's washing them with it with his spirit and his word um or there were so many things I was running through my mind yeah. just now. I, hey, one thing I can't, I wanted, I'll, I'll come back to it. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to mention real quickly, we have a bunch of people on um, on Facebook. I can actually uh, pull your comments on here. I'll do that every once in a while. So if you're on Facebook, you know, they're be awesome. Beverly saying from, from Louisiana, be blessed, right? I just wanted to, and I'm on that, if you guys type your questions in, we can answer them live as we're, as we're doing this program, right? Here's Melissa saying, now I'm watching from North Carolina. Right, we got um, just uh, no listening. Yeah, yeah, and so if you guys uh, would like to, uh, you know, see your name flashed up, this is this is on Facebook. Unfortunately, they don't work with the Rumble so far. I'm mean, gonna really pushing that because this would be beautiful. Uh, bless you from South Carolina. There's Ken. 
um, just want to let you guys know we, we're watching the, the, the comments on Rumble as well as backstage as well as here and I can pull these things in would love to have you guys uh, be interactive with us um, but how how awesome is this so um, not all of you are the clean other, go ahead the other thought that I had uh, I, I want to share before we move on to another song or, or reading more but you see the contrast with Peter he's still worldly minded I'd never wash your feet you know and <laughs> Jesus like, I don't wash you you're no part of me you know I gotta wash you the world look at our systems it's you've got a boss man up here and you got all these little guys and you know look at the pyramid one on the ones on the bottom feed all the ones on the top but here's the lord of lords and the king of kings and he's bowing down humbling himself to to be a servant and wash their feet and if he's going to do that how much more should we Yes, no and question. <laughs> we don't have to do that physically, but I would yeah. I would challenge people sometimes you get in a little group of Christians, try going through I now I've seen it, I've heard of it. I honestly don't think I ever have done it, but uh try it sometime. Get a basin basin of water and, and wash each other's it's quite a humbling experience, I don't imagine. It yeah, really... a lot of people a lot of people do do that, but at a minimum yeah. make sure you're doing that figuratively, right? Uh, Figuratively, so, uh, <laughs> yes. is just basically serve serve your people in your ministry, serve each other, and uh, that's what, how we know if you're a true Christian and you're a true ministry, you your your people they'll know you by loving each other, right? So that's a challenge Amen. for us here at Blessed Teach Ministries to make sure um, that we, uh, we do that, just that very thing. One thing that we I want to go move to some music just to kind of keep this flow. Boy, the, we had the we invited the Holy Spirit in. Gosh, I keep hitting that button. I'm gonna bring that down out of the way now so I don't do that. But um, the last part of this is for He knew who was to betray Him, and that was why He said, "Not all of you are clean." And so uh, obviously this comes back to His foreknowledge, right? God knows everything that's going to be happening. So right now. He's laughing at this cabal that's trying to just disrupt us and break us. And again, the testing of our faith is builds perseverance, as one John, uh, as one James talks about. So, to lean in and and laugh with God at this enemy. Um, Mary Crowley was saying that this other night. Laugh with him. La laugh at the enemy, even during your hard times, right? Because uh, God's going to have the last laugh by far, right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. He who laughs last laughs loudest. I don't know if that's in the scripture, but it sure sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dig into some more music here. Uh, we have um, this new template. Let me see see how this is working out. We're gonna get it. We just we just did Holy Spirit, so we're gonna grab something else here. Um, I'm gonna go down here and grab uh, oceans. And so I don't know if uh, Die is still there. Are you there? Um, if you want to go ahead and read this, otherwise I can do it if you're not available. Um, awesome. Hello, guys. Hello, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> when oceans arise... Sorry, put my teeth in. When oceans <laughs> rise, I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. Count it all joy. When you meet trials of various kinds, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. From James 1, 2 to 4. 
the sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me faith may be stronger in the presence of my saviour when you pass through the waters i will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you when you walk through fire you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you isaiah 43 2. spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me lord command me to come to you on the water when peter saw the wind he was afraid and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus reached out his hand. And that's from Matthew 14, verses 28b through 31a. Wow, thank you, Di. So no matter how hard your life is right now, remember, he's there. You're going to keep your head above the water. Our feet may fail, but we've got the Lord. Let's worship the oceans. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand.
his disciples right and guess I don't know if you want to read this one on uh, open the eyes of my heart you can see that yeah I had a thought maybe I'll say it after this song okay let's let's go ahead and do that first go ahead while the songs were playing I thought you know here even during this the enemy's attacking us from every side and trying to cause division wherever he can and even some of these songs like the one we just listened to uh, I think it's the original artists they were saying, well, they're this, they're that, trying to speak evil of them. And so I love this format because we're defining, we're not only defining, we're singing the scriptures in a sense because we're aligning the scriptures with the song. So it's, it's, it's pure and easy to see what our intentions are in praising the Lord through these songs. Amen. Matter, no matter what some because god can take something somebody intends for bad and he turns it for good anyway so i mean every all things work together for good for those who love the lord anyway amen so this is open the eyes of our, my heart in the eyes of my heart lord have the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope which he has called you that's ephesians 1 8 very good book, Ephesians. Second verse we're going to highlight here is to you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. That's something we see in our spirit and our mind as we give worship to him. 
For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. It's Isaiah 57:15a. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And that's Matthew 7, verse 2. And the third verse here is, pour out your power and love. And Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? We know God is love. Anyone who does love does not know God because God is love. And there it is, the next scripture. That's what hit me in my spirit. 1 John 4.8 and the last one we want to highlight here is as we sing holy 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 that's such a pure and holy that's just that word is beyond our reasoning holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory isaiah 6 3 and b and holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and who is and who is to come revelation 4 8 Oh yeah, here we go now. <laughs> Let's open the eyes of our heart as we continue word worship. Amen. We want to see things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. Lift it up, let me hear you.
see anything until you see it with your heart Amen. that's why you know he talks about the the carnal mind does not know the things of god because these things are spiritually discerned and you truly got to have your heart circumcised and his spirit word poured in to really begin to understand wisdom and knowledge and understanding because i imagine people that haven't experienced it it sounds kind of strange i don't understand but that's what we talk about when he he gives us these images that we see in our mind and we hear in our mind things he's saying to us and it's just good 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 stuff amen yes and so uh i'm going to read this a whole last part and then we'll go pick it apart verse by verse it says when he had washed her feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place he said to them do you understand what I've done to you you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you truly truly I say to you a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. 
He who ate my bread has lifted his hill against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Mm. All right, so we're back to verse 12 here. When he had washed their feet, washed their feet, he put it in his outer garments and resumed his place. He said to them, do you not, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and you are right for I am. So if you then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. Any thoughts on that, Gus? Yeah, only that, you know, like we've discussed it already, basically the world's upside down. You know, they got big eyes and little U's, and as you climb up, you kind of empower over the other people. But God's kingdom, here it is, the word to God himself in flesh form that he, he served, he came to serve us. Mm -hmm. uh, so... We, we, like they say, we don't have a leg to stand on in court because the boss already did this, so we're supposed to do it too, you know, so to speak, you know. This is a little off subject, but this is kind of reminds me a little bit of sometimes you can't tell people, you have to show them, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. like God's showing everything right now. But he actually showed them by demonstrating after three and a half years of being with him, probably never done, done this before, and all of a sudden he takes out his outer, outer garment starts washing them their feet like a servant right he's showing them in a very demonstrable way this made sure it got in the gospels right i believe also made sure that they, they really took it to heart that uh yeah here's your teacher the, the, literally the creator of the universe washing your feet can you imagine that it's mm -hmm. like wow not only does that show and humbleness then, go ahead and then truly um I say this a lot too. If you want to serve God tangibly, love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what's he say? How if you can't love the, if you can't love your neighbor who you can see. How can you love me who you can't see? So <laughs> let His love flow through you and wash somebody's feet, whether it's metaphorically through the word and love, which God is love, or whether it's doing it you know i mean a lot of us we uh, are getting to an age where we've got elderly parents and grandparents that need care take care of them mm -hmm. wash their feet wash their bodies you know but clearly he's setting this he's setting the example for us here mm -hmm. and just like what comes to mind too is when he's laid and when he hung on the cross and said father forgive them for they know not what they do that's our example right there he forgave the people who hung up nailed them to the cross and how much more are we to forgive those who do things against us amen unforgiveness is just a mechanism it's a scheme of the fowler that he challenges us with so we get off into our ourselves our own thinking and don't we think we're we think we're doing something by not forgiving somebody, but really we're just hurting ourselves. But we got to follow the chief. He's our example. Right? Amen. Amen. So far I have given and you... An, for I've given you an example. Exactly. Good, good segue. Yeah. 
For I give you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were just talking about. This, this, just so, and that's hard. Hard. That is so hard to do with human nature, right? So we have this sinful yeah. nature that's there, and if we are not renewing our mind. And, you know, one thing about worship, and he told me the other day when I was in my alone time with him, is that when we're worshiping him, that's when he can, you know, when it says, says uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, your way, neither are your ways my ways. Well, if we're going to understand what his thoughts are, um, a lot of that can be done when we're worshiping him because, his, you know, we're basically focused 100% on him and we're kind of coming into union with the Lord as the Holy Spirit is, is, is with us. And we can know what his thoughts are better, I believe. So if you're not worshiping on a regular basis, you're gonna have a really hard time knowing what God's thoughts are and what his ways are and what he wants. And if he's gonna make your path straight, I think worship is a key part of this. And that's one reason why we do this. I think it's a key exercise to humble yourself because it's like the last stand of pride. You don't want to look silly or worship or, you know, you just, let's face it, it's carnality. You just don't want to, when you think about it deeply enough, you may think you believe in God, but he's not down deep in your heart. He hasn't broke through that crusty, stony surface. You haven't, they haven't split the rock and let the water flow out. You know, you just, you truly, when, when you truly believe in the God that created everything, you're going to trust me when you stand before him you're going to be falling on your face you're going to worship so why not start now <laughs> yeah it's human nature so it's a good exercise to yeah. praise and worship to to break through that and show your own self you know like uh david said why are you cast down on my soul he talked to his soul you know mm -hmm. so we got to do it's a good point it's a good point and human nature saying hey that we care so much about what other people think of us uh, but boy, is it so much more important to know what God thinks of us. And if you're publicly worshiping Him and you don't care what people think, that's honoring the Lord. Right? We're not ashamed. Mm -hmm. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, as Romans 1.20 talks about, right? Amen. Amen, Rick. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. That's actually a uh, quote from Psalm, Psalm 41.9. Right? Right, Psalm, Psalm 41.9 says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. So Jesus knew scripture. And that's another thing where we know the Old Testament is reliable because Jesus relied on it and quoted from it. <laughs> right. Well, he's just got good memory recall because he said it back when David spoke it through the Spirit and he just said it again. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> It's him that's speaking it. He was as before he came flesh. He became flesh, right? Yes. Um, the other thing I thought there, chosen, 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 hit me. And uh, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. We come to Christ, we think that we kind of choose him, but really, he kind of chooses us. He knows it's that, that, uh, what do you call it? predestination or whatever? Yeah, predestination versus election. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also come back to this many scriptures that that uh, talk about well, uh, 
God loved us first, right? And so we love we love Him because He first loved us. And even mm-hmm. when you look at uh, Romans 5, 8, uh, you know, it's a beautiful verse too that talks about uh, while we were still sinners, right? But God demonstrated His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we were mm-hmm. born in this world in a sinful way and if we really want to understand that he loved us first, right? He demonstrated that love, and that's why we love him. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Amen. Amen. And then I got gets... something boiling up inside me here, but keep talking. And I'll... Go ahead. Um, you can keep going. I, I had something, uh, something about Peter. Uh, denying himself and Jesus even prophesied it to him and he, he wasn't so much concerned about Peter denying him he still loved him what he's concerned about with us is he, he gives us free will so we can choose but he wants to show us the darkness and he wants to show us the light so that we can freely choose and I think any human being that's not controlled by Satan or deceived by Satan is always he has light and darkness clearly before him without deception I think they clearly choose light mm-hmm. but the enemy kind of makes evil look good and good look evil and things like that so he didn't come to judge the world but the world through him might be saved mm-hmm. and uh, he came that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but he came that we might have life and life more abundantly and truly when we follow his precepts, his teaching, his wisdom and knowledge just flows better. Mm-hmm. We live in a broken world, so everything doesn't happen. You know, Satan's causing all the bad, but every good and perfect gift comes down from him. As soon as we get everybody on board, we'll be in heaven. So. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. lot of rambling. We have a, we have a, we have a lot to look forward to. That's a good thing. He who yes. ate my and so, so we have. I'm telling you this now before it takes place. This is him just showing his foreknowledge that when it does take place, you may believe that I am He. And this uh, right here, we've this is this, this whole book of John is so beautiful. I am. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am. I am. I am. You hear all the time. Here it is. Believe that I am He, and that I am is literally the Creator of the universe, right? Uh, uh, and this mm-hmm. is where the, whole, the very first verse in all of the Book of John says, "In the in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Clearly teaching the Trinity, and uh, so we know the Spirit was there at the beginning of the world, right? It was hovering around the waters, and uh, multiple verses in the Bible all point to nothing was made that wasn't made without Jesus. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were all there in the beginning. They've, they've always existed. That's the, the term eternal. He's a unique being. Nobody will be like him. And he, you, it does not, t- all this, guys, is for you to know that the creator of the universe came here in flesh. And it's important that you make that decision now because, uh, you know, the world's going to H-E double toothpick, as my mom would say, right? H-E double toothpick. It's going, it's going there. And so it's time to make a decision for him. And you want to be, uh, have the creator of the universe on your side, or do you want some fallen angel? Don't, don't, there's just kind of like two decisions here. Are you going to take the side of evil and the fallen angel, or are you going to take the creator of the universe that's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipresent, 
omniscient and I miss one, I miss one of them. He's omniscient, so he's, he's omnipresent, and he's also all-knowing, um, um, omnipotent. So it's like, wow, pretty easy decision, but make that decision now, don't wait. Yeah, that's good. Because when, uh, when Moses was at the burning bush, I had a thought of revelation about that the other day too, it's still growing on me, but you remember when he was out in the desert before when God was sending him in, and that's when the burning bush, from the burning bush, he said, who do I tell them that you are? He said, tell them that I am that I am. So I just said a thought, God's in the beginning, he's in the end. All this stuff is happening for him at the same time. Yeah. We can fathom that. So it's like, I am that I am. And if Moses said, what I am, that I am, that I, all through John, the book of John, when he's <laughs> going to say it a million times, that one, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's that's just uh, yeah. That's uh, Exodus three fourteen is one of my uh, favorite verses too. Um, I'll pull that up real quick. It's like uh, just awesome. The, the word of God's so awesome, guys. When you really when you really look at it, here you have Exodus three fourteen. God said to Moses, "I am who I am," and He said this to say, "Say this to the people of Israel: I am has sent me to you." And this is when Jesus and John, late, we've already reviewed that part where he said, before Abraham, I am. So Jesus is clearly shown. That's why in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. Jesus was the Word, and he was God. So again, one God, three persons. That's the Trinity. That's, the, that's our Creator. That is our omniscient, eternal Creator. Omnipotent, eternal Creator. Omnipresent, eternal Creator. Whew. Just love it. I just... Amen. Between, I think between that, uh, two major breakthroughs I had in my own personal life, because I, I remember as a boy, around, around Easter when all the movies would come on about Jesus on the cross, the Holy Spirit was just drawing me to that. I want to find out who is this Jesus, and where did he come from? You know, and the initial thought is that man started way back here and then they came down through the generations and then jesus was just born two thousand four thousand years after the the beginning but no when you realize he is the word just made into a man another uh uh what's the term i'm looking for another uh What's the word I'm looking for? Manifestation of the word, if you will. He comes as the angel of light. He comes as the burning bush. And now he's come as a man. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he had to have blood to sacrifice. Because God made all the rules back there in the law. And he had to sacrifice blood. Um, when you come up and realize that, it's really a breakthrough. Because... Uh, it changes your perspective, at least it did mine, you know, to know that he was the God from the beginning, mm -hmm. all the way through. And he's actually, I mean, I think of, I say this a lot, I think of the Father, he's a spirit. I think of him as the thought, the brains behind the instrument, or behind the whole thing. And when he speaks, his spirit comes forth, and you put your hand in front of your mouth, you hear you, your breath is there. Mm -hmm. It comes out with your word, so his breath and his word come forth, and that's who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. They're all one. They're all one God. And I had this epiphany earlier today that uh, people that worship, they say the universe. The universe is what does everything. Well, 
The unit God was the cause. He spoke it. And the universe is the result, the resulting action. It was created. The universe was created. So you're worshiping and 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 then I thought, well, the definition of idolatry is to worship something that's created over the creator. So God created the universe and people are worshiping, they're being duped into worshiping the universe as if that's what's giving them the power and the spirits. But like you were saying a moment ago, Lord, uh, or Rick, uh, the Lord comes to us in our thoughts, but also fallen angels and demons speak to us in our thoughts. So, and the only way we can tell the difference is to know that word because our thoughts aren't his thoughts. But when you know his word, then our thoughts become more and more like his thoughts as we renew our mind. So it's the only way we can be protected because we're dealing with spiritual beings, entities that have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, rulers and authorities and powers of the dark world, right? <laughs> um, yes, sir. The last, the last sentence here says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And we're sent out, guys. We're sent out. Uh, so uh, let's yeah, go. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, that's why I just asked Because as he said those things, he heard his father say, we say those things we hear him say and do those things we see him do. We don't forcefully do anything, but out of love, we, we stay tuned in. And you might be walking through the supermarket and meditating on the Lord. And all of a sudden you'll hear in your spirit, walk over and say hello to them or whatever. And then once, once you kick off and step into that faith, miracles happen you know you you may end up healing somebody it may lead you to heal somebody or just bless somebody or whatever it's it's an awesome way to live much much better than when you have no hope at all amen amen so guys this is the first part of again john chapter 13 that we just went through i just messed that up but uh, uh, what, what a beautiful, uh, again, John chapter 13. We went over the first half of it. We'll go over the next half over here in an upcoming ep episode. So this is our Friday night word and worship. We appreciate you joining us. We want to go into another song here. And uh, if anybody has any comments, let us know. Anybody is backstage. Um, here's a blessing from Australia. Looks like Amanda Cohen. Thank you for being here. We appreciate that. Holy, holy, holy. Some other people are singing. Um, it's it's awesome to see see different people uh, as as they are praising with us, um, and what we're gonna this is part of what we want to do is be able to also answer questions that have had to come to roll. Keep freezing the live broadcast, so it looks like uh, Facebook's purposely done all kinds of things to suppress our show. Um, I just found this, and I am in awe. I love the videos that go along with the songs. So moving. It says Jesus loves on Rumble. And uh, a lot of people that are on Facebook right now, if you move over to Rumble, that's where uh, obviously um, the views are down to about 10% on Facebook based upon them not doing all kinds of censorship. So, so move over to Rumble. So uh, really appreciate you all uh, for being here on this Friday night. And uh, Gus, do you mind reading this next one? I, we're gonna go to one more beautiful song. We did open the eyes of our heart. Uh, heart before but I wanted to go to this uh, there's one that I there it is nothing else this is one of my favorite just deep songs love this song myself <laughs> go ahead yes. yes it's a beautiful song 
Uh, let's see. I just want you your words up there at top. Nothing else, Jesus. Up. Nothing else will do. <laughs> nothing else will do. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We love him because he first loved us. How do you know we're going to talk about that? Right? First John 4, 18 and 19. And then Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16 and 24. And then the second verse we want to highlight is, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit at your feet. I'd like to wash his feet. Of course, they're probably pretty clean. Uh, in Deuteronomy 33.3 says, All his saints are in his hand. They sit down at his feet. And then rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3.3 And then the third and final verse we're going to highlight is Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I just want you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23 You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And that's Deuteronomy 6.5 Let's sing. Put our, put our hearts, minds, and souls right there with them. We don't need anything else. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe me anything More than anything that you can do I just want you I'm sorry When I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry When I just sang another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart I'm sorry When I've come with my agenda I'm sorry When I forgot that you're enough Take me back to where we started I open up my heart I'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this hole 
moment I never wanna leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe me anything And more than anything Just want you and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do.
Wow, what a beautiful night to be able to study God's Word in John chapter 13 and to be able to sing these beautiful little songs, just worship to them. We're going to be expanding them all full screen um, and there's great improvements coming. Um, I'm going to be able to be able to show, uh, you know, get a producers. If you guys uh, want a good volunteer producer and you'd like to watch the show and you want to be a, really make it uh, all that much better so that um, we can flip between different worshipers when I'm back uh, worshiping, right, in full screen. We'd, I mean, in full body, I guess. <laughs> Would love to have uh, you guys consider helping doing that because we're going to have uh, different uh, volunteers helping with different types of shows. It's going to be uh, so fun. Uh, guess anything about that song that nothing else that hit you? I got you on mute. That's why. Uh, that's why. It was beautiful what you said, though. I'm sure the Lord heard. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. It's awesome. Sorry, you guys missed it. <laughs> no, I was just sitting there listening to words of the song and trying to push through to to that that nothing else will do. Because so often we have so many things in life that distract us, you know. And you sing the words, but they're kind of empty. But you really want to really want to connect with him with your heart when you do it's just that's when the spirit just kind of pours into you so. yeah and i don't know if anybody backstage want to make any comments i saw charlotte posting a lot of scripture during that during this i didn't see any actual specific questions um charlotte says the scripture gus quoted terrified me when i first heard it at age 15 and 16 thought it thought what if he what if he didn't choose me so, Charlotte, you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I was really terrified. You know, I mean, the Catholic theology, I always felt like God had a big club and he was ready to get you, you know, to think of it. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, you heard, for God so loved the world, but you didn't feel it in church. And I remember after I got born again at my kitchen table, going back into the Catholic church, I felt like I was in a morgue. Uh -huh. But I didn't stay there, you know. No yeah. spirit. No spirit. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. You know you were chosen now, though, right? <laughs> uh, Gus, any any uh, any other final thoughts as we continue to hear, or anybody backstage have anything else they'd like to talk about? I'm looking here for other comments here that we have. That's Rumble Rants. Very anointed, says uh, Beverly. Uh, just talking about those beautiful songs, I'm sure. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, isn't, isn't that just it's all obviously just uh, one of the be my favorite things is to just be in the Word of God and wow, this is just beautiful. But anything else come to mind, uh, Gus, before we wrap her up, or anybody backstage? No, I think I about covered all my thoughts for tonight. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, and we, um, and I wanted to, you know, first to just say thank you, Gus, so much for everything and uh, for, for, for being here and teaching with me. Um, I did want to invite everybody. I know we started a little bit late and I had some technical issues, uh, but we're, we, we, got, we got them figured out. But I want to invite you every Friday night to dig into the Word of God and worship with us. At Word and Worship on Fridays at 5 p.m. CST. Get that on your calendar. I think you'll really enjoy that. And then also we do this, this very similar um, format on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 
and I'll be teaching on Revelation. We'll be getting into the second beast. We talked about the first beast um, Thursdays. So I usually teach right be- right after the show on Mondays and Thursdays. And then we teach. Then I teach Sunday morning where I'm going through the book of Revelation and we went through the book of Daniel. Gone through uh, quite a bit this last year. And, um, and then uh, also we wanted to uh, invite you backstage here so you can be backstage worshiping with us you don't have to have your camera on you can just come and just have the perfect beautiful music and be backstage on zoom then you'll be backstage you can be backstage um, on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and we have guests and you can also be backstage on um, uh, uh, word and worship and praise and prayer right which is four days a week so I think you guys will really enjoy the, the, the ministry everything you can find is on blessedteach.com all the show notes of, all, of everything I go over on true news, empowering Christian patriots with truth, right? That's all on blessedteach.com where you can sign up for those free show notes. You can also get a link to the free neighborhood is where we're all congregating. There's one thing, action, I would really like you to take is go check out the neighborhood. It's neighborhood.social. You can download on your phone. It's, it's an app. Download the app on, just search neighborhood.social on Apple Play Store or Google Play Store or just go to blessedteach.com on your computer and hit the neighborhood tab and it'll take you right there as well. Everything you can find is blessedteach.com. We have training there as well with beautiful training that's you know, four or $500 courses that you can name your own price. We just want, I don't want money to be an obstacle for you to be equipped, right? And I'd be remiss just to not do a quick uh, um, call for you to come to the Lord. Those of you who uh, have felt something as you worshiped with us, or you've read through this, but you have read through some of the scripture with us of John about this, uh, this anointed one, Jesus Christ, who was the creator of the world, who came here in flesh. The word became flesh. Um, and if you have accepted Jesus as your personal savior, that is vital. That is how you have the Holy Spirit coming to you. Start living the abundant life with him. It is all about making sure that you not only get to heaven, but you are prepared for these rough, rough times that are coming up. All right. Um, He's going to put a line in the sand. So um, I'd appreciate it if you guys would just make the big decision now. This is not the time to be sitting on the fence. This is the time not to be hot or cold where you get spit out, right? You're going to, if you're not, if you're lukewarm, you're going to be spit out, right? You need to make a decision. Are you going to go with evil and Satan and all that, all the worldly stuff? Are you going to go with the creator of the universe that includes joy and, but more importantly, includes truth truth versus deception and so it's just a real easy choice so if you want to accept jesus into your heart let's just do that right now just pray after me heavenly father just thank you so much for these people praying with me and i just say these words after me Um, father i know i've sinned i know i can't get to heaven because i'm not perfect that's why you sent jesus thank you for sending Jesus for us and for me. Please forgive my sins, Lord. Thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross where my sins were nailed to the cross. Thank you. And then I just say what Romans 10:9 says. You say, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I will be saved. So, Lord, I say, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Please save me. 
Show me the way to live going forward, Lord. Bring me into a Christian community. Allow me to understand the Bible like never before. Show me what to read first, Lord. Allow me to get into your word. I want to be in your kingdom, Lord. I love you and I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's it's a pretty simple uh, message, guys. And it's something that the Satan wants to confuse and make come complex. It's 100% Jesus and 0% you. Just move on, come to the Lord, and enjoy. Uh, we really appreciate you guys being here on this uh, Friday night. I know we went a little bit long and started late, but we'll, we'll, we'll get this all figured out as the technology is working extremely well right now. Gus, thank you for being here. We appreciate You're you. You're welcome. Yeah. With that, uh, we're going to have everyone say say goodbye backstage. So, go ahead and say, say, say goodbye. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. See ya. God bless. Good night. God bless. God bless y'all. See you next week.